Several weeks ago, I flew to Florida on a Sunday at dawn to collaborate with my business partner on a project related to our work, helping executives counterbalance stress with recovery. We worked until late that night and resumed again early Monday morning, pushing hard until 2 p.m. when I flew back home to New York. I worked on my laptop on the plane without ever looking up, made calls on my cell phone in the car while driving home from the airport, kissed my daughter hello when I arrived, and raced upstairs to respond to my accumulated email messages. At 6 p.m., I changed clothes, got back in my car, and sped to an important business dinner. It lasted until 10 p.m., and on the way home, I called my partner by cell phone to debrief him. We were still talking as I pulled into my driveway. Intent on finishing the conversation before I went inside, I stayed in my car. His voice began to break up, so I got out of the car and began walking around to see if I could get a better connection. The next thing I knew, my car was rolling down our lawn, headed straight for a stone wall 30 feet away. Horrified, I began chasing the car as it ran over azaleas, hydrangeas, and rosebuds. At the last possible moment, I reached in and yanked the emergency brake. The car jerked to a halt just two inches from the stone wall. Now, that story is not from me. It's from an entrepreneur named Tony Schwartz. And it illustrates a point that I'm going to be talking about. And this is the idea of workaholism. Too many of us don't realize the harm we're causing to our own health, well-being, and frankly, the relationships around us because of our addiction to work. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what workaholism is and give you some tools to help you overcome it if you are someone you know identify as a workaholic. All right, stay tuned. After the short break, we will get straight to it. Hey, 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 and we're back. Welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. And I'm all about this idea of learning who you are so that you can relate better, first and foremost, to yourself and then also to the world around you. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. That way you can be able to listen to an episode when it airs. I usually drop new episodes on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you have been listening for a while and you have been enjoying it, please do write a review wherever you're listening, share this podcast. And also, if we haven't done so already, connect with me. I am on Twitter, X, whatever they decided to call themselves this week. And (laughs) my handle is Denise G. Lee. I'm leaving links in the show notes below so you can be able to connect with me there. Also, talking about connecting with me, go on to my website, denisegelee.com. There you'll be able to read my articles, learn more about who I am, what I do. Obviously, if you're interested in work with me, that's not a great opportunity to do so via that website. There's links to connect with me there. And I really want you to understand something. I, I, I usually don't say this, but I just want to really drive this point home for those of you guys who have been thinking about working with a coach or a healer or a therapist or whatever, that you really want to find someone that can get you and can relate well with you. And they're not just trying to keep this clinical distance where like they're more superior and like, and can dispense advice because 
they have all this training and accolades and whatever. You really just want to connect with someone who just gets you on a human level. And so I don't care if you work with me. I don't care where you go, but I just wanted to make sure that you connect with someone that really gets you. And that's why I opened with a story about what workaholism really looks like. Because for so many of us, like we hear it, but what does that really look like? And what we're going to do in our time with one another, we're going to define it. We're going to explain the cost of it. We're going to show us connection to perfectionism, trauma. And then finally, we're going to give some remedies if that's something that you or someone you know identify with. Because there are so many people who are literally suffering in silence due to this type of terrible affliction. And we live in a society that lauds it and praises. And for some of us, it's just not healthy. And we're going to just dive into what that really looks like. First and, for, first and foremost, while having a strong work ethic and being dedicated to your job or your business is not necessarily indicative of workaholism, there is that fine line between feeling good about your work versus working to feel good about yourself. And I'm going to talk about some key ideas about signs that you're addicted to work. First and foremost is the neglect of your personal life and or your self-care. Prioritizing your work over personal and social activities, hobbies, and leisure time. Time with your kids, time with your husband, time with your wife, time with your boo baby, or whatever you want to call them. If you're neglecting the people and activities and things, going fly fishing, going out running, when's the last time you went to go bowling if that's something that you enjoy, or checkers, whatever that looks like. What does that look like? If you cannot remember the last time you did that, that's a serious issue that you're prioritizing things that are taken away from your self-care because our self-care helps us to live our lives fuller so that we can bring our A-game to our work when we have sufficient energy. And let's get even more real about work signs of workaholism. Do your loved ones not even bother trying to get you away from your work because they know it's useless? Are you working so much that nobody expects to see you for breakfast, lunch, or even dinner? And let's get even more real. Do you forget to eat sometimes? I think about one particular client where she literally has to put alarms on her phone to say, hey, it's lunchtime, it's time to eat. Because if she doesn't have alarms, she will literally have to sit there for hours on end. And the only time she'd get up is literally when she had to use the bathroom. And sometimes she would even try to hold her bladder as long as possible. Now, here's another question. Let's get a little even more real. Love, when's the last time you washed your hair? Now, I know that there's some populations, specifically African-American population, where they go within up to two weeks without washing their hair because of weaves and hairstyles and whatnot. But for the, the, the other portion of the population, when's the last time you washed your hair? Is it greasy? Is it slimy? Are you using dry shampoo to a point where you're abusing it? That's something I really need you to think about because for so many of us, we think, okay, I don't need to shave. I don't need to wash my hair. I don't need to do some personal hygiene stuff. I don't need to trim my nails. Just little, little things. They all add up. We look like something out of a, a scene out of the Lord of the Rings, like some type of monster, okay? Are you neglecting your personal hygiene? And would you rather just take 
pills like Red Bull or, or, or some type of stimulus to keep you up so you don't have to do that dreadful thing called sleep. Something to think about. Now here's another thing. Are you tethered to your electronic devices? Now don't get me wrong, while technology can be helpful, it can also fuel workaholic tendencies. For instance, do you constantly check notifications on your electronic devices, including your smartwatch? I'll never forget, this was last year I was at a, a meeting at, at my son's school and I was talking with the teacher and this, the assistant vice president, vice president, vice principal, and the, the vice principal, this morbidly obese woman, and I'm not saying here, insulting people who are morbidly obese, the whole point is that there's another sign of neglect is letting your body go to a certain physical state. Let's just be honest. And she had a smartwatch, and she had this big jug of, of a huge jug of what I would assume juice. She had this canister, and all I could hear next to because she was sitting next to me, was and I looked and I saw even her watch, her smartwatch was notifications for Facebook, notifications for text notifications. And I just looked at her and I could just tell that there was obviously something in her life which is out of kilter because no one should be alerted and buzzed all the time. She was drinking sugar, which is a stimulant. And by the way, ladies, sugar is a mind-altering chemicals, which uh, unfortunately knocks out your feeling instincts that helps you keep safe in favor of your thinking intuition. And as a result, you want to work, 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 work harder than ever before. And I see this so much with ladies where they are literally driving themselves going insane and lo and behold, I always know that they have some type of sugar addiction. They're always interrelated. But anyway, not trying to get far down that rabbit hole. The point I'm trying to make is when you're tethered to your electronic devices and you're consuming stimulants and you are not functioning well and you could just plow harder and longer and stronger for work and cause yourself to literally fall apart at the seams. Okay? Now... For another idea of <laughs> that showcases workaholism, and these are for my, my business owners that have successfully scaled to multiple team members, is this inability to delegate. Look, growing a business is not easy. If you're a CEO, you're the CEO, you're the bookkeeper, accountant, accountant manager, logistics manager, and a whole bunch of things all rolled up in one. But as you grow and scale your business, you're going to have to outsource. And, I th and I've seen this so many times where they hire, they hire someone, the business owner hires someone, and they're constantly micromanaging, they're constantly overseeing and working on things. And I'm thinking to myself, did you create an operations guide? Did you do an onboarding procedure? And like, yes, yes, yes. So I'm like, why are you still talking? Do you, have, do you need to do a performance plan review? No, 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 I just want to make sure things are done. If you cannot trust your people to do the job that they are hired to do, you seriously have to ask yourself, are you really wanting to scale and grow your business? Or is it indicative of a much bigger issue that you're not paying attention to? Okay. And another idea is this about a sign of workaholism is this constant need for achievement. Look, here's the thing. We all need a pat on our back. We all need to just feel like we did a good job. 
But however, if you have an insatiable need for success and achievement, regardless of the cost to your personal health and relationships, that's a sign that you're slipping into the workaholic danger zone. Like, danger Robinson, like danger, workaholism. If you cannot distinguish your self-work from your work accomplishments, that is a sign that your perspective on reality is skewed. And that's where I want to kind of take that sideline and talk about perfectionism. Behind every workaholic is a perfectionist. And some of y'all are letting your perfectionism ruin your life. Rules for this, procedures for that. So many rules all the time. You can't enjoy anything, including yourself. Look, every Tuesday morning, I go and I volunteer at a food clothing pantry. And I work alongside this woman and I could just tell, Lord, no, she's been working her butt to the bone day and night to the point where she has tried to tell me about which direction to put on the hangers to hang for the, for people to pick up. And I'm like, these people just want clothes. They're not really interested. And I said, do you see people actually looking at the size or just seeing if it fits their kid? And I remember looking at her and she said, well, well, some people do. I said, some people may just be you, but the rest of people, they don't care. And you may be asking yourself, like, where does this come from? Like, why am I perfect? Perfectionism, in my opinion, is a trauma response where you had to be perfect to avoid being yelled at, criticized, condemned, shamed, or even being ostracized. And even though big mama or daddy, cousin, brother, sister, or whoever is far away, heck, they may even be dead. You can still hear their menacing voice in your head. They're telling you to be perfect, hurry up, try harder, be strong, and please others. Lord, that's tiring. Look, none of us are perfect. So instead of being yourself up, please love, try loving yourself. We all need to work for excellence, and that is knowing what is enough, pleasing your darn self, <laughs> working easy, and being open to learn. The key to a satisfactory life is finding creative solutions to problems. And if we're just trying to pound that pavement all the time, we're not allowing our curiosity, our fun, energetic side within us to be able to flourish. We can't because we're so busy thinking about, oh gosh, I got to please this person. Oh gosh, I got to get this accolade. Oh gosh, I got to do X, Y, and Z. And if you're constantly on the grind, how in the world can you think about new and innovative ideas? I'm thinking about one particular client I worked with like years ago. And she's like, you know what, Denise, I've been doing this business for like seven years and I haven't really grown anything. And I'm like, okay, so what are you doing? Well, I'm reading this, reading, reading these books. And I'm doing these podcasts and I'm going to these events and I'm going to do all these things. I'm checking all these boxes and I've learned so much, but I just, when I try to do something new and fresh, I just, I always just default to whatever I've been seeing from other people. And I say, yeah, love, your head's so full of what everybody's telling you. You can't even allow the space for you to fill it with your own thoughts. Are you allowing people to, and things and priorities to fill up more spots in your head then you actually generating stuff from yourself. Look, I got a little dog. Oh, she's feisty. I can't even like have her 
like play with all the dolls because she wants to take a swipe at them. Little little little, little chin pins, half half miniature pincher, half a, a chihuahua mix. I love her, little, my little girl. But anyway, in the mornings and in the evenings when I walk her, I don't got no headphones. I don't have no cell phone. I got nothing to listen to. It's just me and this dog and a leash. And this dog is feisty enough. Lord knows I can't have any distractions. But the why am I telling you a story about walking my dog that I love so much? <laughs> Glad you asked. When I walk my dog, oh my goodness, I get ideas. I get ideas I want to share on social media. I got podcast ideas rolling out the wazoo. I've got ideas for days. Let me tell you something. And it's because I'm allowing my mind time away from the grind. Now I know some of y'all go like, well, I, 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 I can multitask. I can, I can listen. I can talk on the dog. I can listen on the phone and I can walk my dog. I can listen to blah, blah, blah. And do like, Sure, okay, maybe to some extent, but there has been multiple studies that have proven that actually multitasking is ineffective. If not, it is stress-inducing because your brain can only focus on one thing at a time. It's not wired to be constantly trying to do two things simultaneously. When, if you want to perfect multitasking, you are effectively saying, I want to do two or more tasks inefficiently. Because that's exactly what happens. And so for a lot of us, we have observed our family, our friends, our society just like advocate this, this hustle and this grind. And let me ask you a question. Are they happy? Are they really happy? Is mom or dad or your cousin who says, come on, come on. If you want to earn something, you got to work. And you see them with their tense up shoulders and muscles. You see them also talk about headaches and migraines and having thyroid issues or all sorts of inflammatory disease-related issues, irritable bowel syndrome. Like, are they really happy? And all my clients, we work through our li their life script. Because of all those messages from their demonstrators, parents, family, society, they teach us to do things that may not necessarily be helpful for us. So I'm leaving the link in the show notes below for uh, if you want to learn your life script. It takes you 10 to 15 minutes, no cost, to, for you to even just kind of scratch the surface and learn about what mes which messages are impacting you. But anyway, now let's actually move into the solution part because I don't want to just like talk about the problem. I, I want to balance it with the solution because obviously you came here for solutions and I want to deliver you those solutions, okay? So how do we recover from workaholism? Like first and foremost, we all can't just go to Bali like permanently and just, just sit on the beach and drink Mai Tais and just watch the sunrise and set all day. I mean, I guess some of y'all, maybe Richard Branson could if he wanted to, but he's so addicted to work. I don't even think he'll allow himself that privilege. But anywho, most of us still need some form of work. We all need someone to love, something to do, something to live forward to. We need those three three. three components. And so what what do we do? We need to do something, but we don't want it to literally take us over. And I have some solutions that are going to be able to help you or someone that you know that may have this issue. Okay. First and foremost, you have to recognize the problem. Full disclosure, I'm a recovering alcoholic and sex addict. And when I first joined Alcoholics Anonymous, I learned the first step. Is quote, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Now, I want you to substitute that word, word alcohol for work. 
while we cannot we can't heal something that we don't recognize as a problem when you drop that self-protective barrier and admit that this is a shortcoming or a problem you can finally restart your recovery process and the second thing is i want you to set some boundaries what does that look like boundaries for your work boundaries perhaps for your personal life for example look at your calendar and assess how many hours are really necessary each day. And I want you to define specific times for work and non-activities. <laughs> My clients know that Denise doesn't work with you at after 6 p.m. Central Time Zone, okay? Because that's when I literally turn <laughs> into a frog. I, I, I can't do it. I am a morning person. I am most active. I am most lively when the sun is bright and it's shiny. When it goes down, oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm just curled up on a ball watching Food Network, okay? I am not with it at night. So I make sure that I do my best activities within that time frame. I have this app called Self-Control. It's freaking awesome. If you have a Mac computer, this will be a godsend. Go on your computer right now. Go find Self-Control. It will literally shut down access to certain apps or programs by a certain time, right? It will override your system. For some of you all, you need divine intervention and apps like that might be able to help you. But look, I know some of you guys have PCs. I don't know what, what y'all gonna do if y'all have PC, but I'm just telling you that if there's an app called Self-Control for Macs, there's gonna be something for you, okay? Now, the next thing is I want you to prioritize self-care. I want you to make self-care a non-negotiable part of your daily routine. Focus on activities that promote physical, mental, emotional well-being, such as exercise, hop, some hobby, or spending quality time with your loved ones. Look, when I wake up, I roll out of bed, I do my push-ups, and then I go under my red light, and I do either reading my Bible, my breath work, or even just either, or sometimes I just do my breath work. This morning, I just woke up, I, did, I didn't do any, any push-ups because I had some shoulder pain for whatever reason, but I did my red light, and I did my breath work. And then afterwards, I read my Bible. Then I took the dog out for a walk. I can't help anybody unless I take care of me first, including you. I couldn't be here talking with you if I was all razzed up. You know what I'm saying? So look at your life right now. Are you trying to just check your notifications and see who, who, what's going on with your Stripe and, and all the other things that are going on in your life? Or are you actually focusing on what you need to do right now okay and the next thing i want you to do is i want you to reevaluate your values like as i mentioned earlier some of us have been getting messages from our mama our culture our religion our society all these places is it making you happy or are you just blindly following it because you don't want to feel that you are offending mama or cousin or sister because they instill those values into you Sometimes we need to reevaluate things. Rules, shoulds, and musts, and oughts. They are so strict. Now, if it helps you make a, yourself a better person, if it gives you peace, all right, go, go for it. Do, do your thing. But for the, mo for the majority of us, we need to step back and look at things differently. We need to tear some things down. <laughs> And this is a, this is a, this might be really real for you, especially if you had a really authoritarian, very dogmatic, very strict parent, where they literally, in some cases, physically hit you 
if you didn't do certain things in certain ways. And that brings up some real memories. And for some of us, we would rather suppress it with work, sugar, booze, sex, gambling, fill in the blank, than to actually deal with the things that really have hurt us. And so I know reevaluing your values might bring up some very painful things, and I ain't going to deny it. But if you look at your life right now, you have to really ask yourself, is this really working for me? Okay. Now, the other thing that I just want you to do is I want you to be able to like have some accountability because if you recognize that it's a problem, it's not enough to be like, oh, huh, it's a problem, but, and then you know how we as human beings, we really, really love having things consistent, even if the things that we can do consistent, consistently is killing us. Like, for example, I remember this happened a couple of weeks ago. I was thinking to myself, even me being honest and saying, and I was really, really hooked on, you know, getting all my notifications, all my checking my business emails, this and that. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I really need to have some type of intervention. And the good Lord provided because two days later, my phone took a bath in the toilet. Chip busted, can't even use it anymore. Had to go resort to some dummy Android phone. Could I can't check my email message, nothing. Because I got the cheapest little uh, phone that I could get at Target. And you know what? I'm grateful for it. It was the accountability that I need to be able to like be epically downgraded. And some of y'all, you need to be downgraded. Maybe somebody needs to be in your business asking you every day, hey, did you take time to rest? I don't know. There are support groups out there for people who suffer from that type of affliction. You need to find someone, something that works best for you. All I know is that for some of us, because we're so addicted to having certain routines, even if it's not working for us, we need some type of drastic intervention. So I want you to ask yourself, what drastic intervention can you do right now in your life to be able to switch things around? Do you need to get clean out your all your apps on your on your on your computers or your smartphone, your devices? Like, would do you need to set stricter hours for your work hours? Do you need somebody literally holding you accountable? I don't know. You know you best. You know your life best. But I just want to make sure that you understand that it's not going to go well in terms of your health if you recognize it's a work addition and you're doing nothing about it. In fact, if anything, your mind has a way of doubling down and reinforcing what you know to be true, even though it's not helpful objectively. It's just something for you to think about. Okay. Now, I just want to share my final thoughts right now that, you know, it's important that not everyone who works long hours is a workaholic and a strong work ethic can be beneficial when balanced with self-care and personal time. But it is a, some pause for concern if the work becomes your sense of identity and your sense of identity might be linked to unhealed trauma or some type of painful memories that you haven't really worked well, worked through in the past. And the suggestions that I mentioned are just some, but not all. Obviously, I would, I always refer all my new clients to take amazing attitude. In fact, they just give that as part of their, pro, their, their routine. And 
and also I'm going to leave a link in the show, in the show notes below for amazing ad to, for you to be able to learn who you are, your identity and redefine what reality in a calm, balanced life looks like only, you know, okay. Well, I also just want to say that for a lot of us, it's might be uncomfortable. So I want to let you know that I'm here. I want to support you. So obviously reach out to me. Let me know if you need any help. Connect with me via Twitter, X, whatever they want to call it. And, <laughs> and I just want to be able to just let you know that you're not alone because Lord knows so many other people are also struggling with this. Okay. Well, if you like this podcast episode, please, please share it, write a review, all that fun stuff. Well, thank you so much for listening. You deserve the best version of you, and it really requires attention. With that being said, take care and peace.